This is the legal disclaimer that uh, generally is a CYA policy for this podcast. So the views and opinions shared in this podcast are my own and are not endorsed by or representative of my employer or by anybody else other than myself as the host of this podcast, unless specifically verbalized by a guest or co-host. In addition, I am not a licensed medical professional approved to give medical advice. The information in this podcast is not in any way intended to be medical advice, nor should it be taken as such. I'm a medical assistant in the state of Washington, and I'm not qualified to give medical advice or treat a medical condition in any way. Always seek the help of your physician or another qualified medical professional for any medical questions or concerns. Hello, and welcome back to Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, my name is Zach. I'm your host here. Uh, I, I appreciate you returning here. I'm glad that we're able to get you back here after a, a slight delay. Um, I've been, uh, you know, fortunate enough to be able to continue through with this uh, just with some guidance. Um, so this is uh, Season 1, Episode 2. Uh, my This is the second episode of the, of the whole podcast, and I appreciate you coming back and bearing with me here. Uh, I'm still in a little bit of a learning process, uh, but nonetheless, um, this is uh, the, the the idea here for, for this uh, episode today is what I'd like to focus on is, is communication and communication with patients um, and, and even some with, you know, with, with coworkers. But the idea for today, the topic for today really is that communication is key and is very important um, to, you know, keep people informed um, and, you know, even, even sometimes when it might seem like an inconvenience, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's very important. Um, you know, people, people, you know, people's time is valuable. And so, and there's some things that are out of our control, but it's very important uh, to, to, you know, to do what we can within our control to help accommodate the patient and keep them informed, um, you know, so, so they know what's happening, you know, and another, another thing, communication, you know, you get these, you can have patients that, you know, you know, more often than not, when patients call or contact us, you know, it's not because they feel good. And so they, you know, they have some sort of concern or issue that they want to address and they may not be in the best mood and, or maybe something had happened that they're frustrated about that, you know, may or may not have been, you know, an error on our part. Um, but nonetheless, you know, again, communication is, is very important. And so, you know, these, we're there for the patients and we also as medical assistants and medical you know, staff are also patients at our own providers. And so we also want to be, you know, treated that way with that respect as well. And so it's, it's very important to, to, you know, to have that respect and to communicate with patients, even when it might seem like it's not the, the easiest thing to do, you know? Um, and so the way we'll start here, I got a couple, couple avenues of this, um, the way we'll start here is is sort of you know when you right, will deal with you know patients let's say that that maybe are upset or in different moods so you know obviously as MAs we come across patients that are in lots of different moods or, or personalities or you know depending on you know where you work or the specialty you're working or why they're there um, you know if you're in primary care you tend to get a lot of the same patients returning um, relatively often uh, and you, you sort of get to know them um, but you don't really know what's happening in their personal life and something may have changed or may have happened that, that could change their mood drastically. Uh, and so you just want to be aware that they may not always be that same person that you think. Um, and so it's just important, you know, when you, when you first see a patient, even if you see them on a regular basis, you know, when they come back to, 
to take a moment to, you know, don't assume they're always going to be that happy-go-lucky person or they're always going to be that maybe depressed person or angry person. Um, you know, start slow, give it a minute and, 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 you know, speak to them and say hi and sort of go from there and see where they're at, you know, because it can be kind of traumatic if somebody comes in and they're maybe depressed, maybe a family member's passed or, or who knows what's happened and, and you're assuming they're in a happy-go-lucky mood. Uh, and, and, you know, when you try to do that and then it can, it can hit kind of hard if that's not the case. Um, but, uh, you know, Nonetheless, I mean, you want to you want to do that sort of see see where they're at, you know, in in general, you know, what I like to do uh, regarding communication is even if I see these patients on a regular basis, you know, when you take patients back, they for the most part, they understand that they're going to get their vitals taken, you know, what depending on the specialty you're in, they might get an EKG, they might get a, a you know, blood pressure, pulse, oxygen, temperature, whatever it may be. And so it's more or less understood to be part of the process. But it's still important to, you know, as you're greeting them and having that small talk and, and talking with them and asking them those, you know, questions about, I don't know, medications or allergies or why they're there. Uh, it's important to, you know, you still want to don't just assume, you know, don't just assume they know what you're going to do next. And so, you know, as what I like to do is as we're doing the rooming process and I get to the point where it's appropriate to start doing the vitals and I'll say, OK, you know, we're going to take your blood pressure now real quick on your left arm or right arm or whatever it may be. Uh, I just I don't have to make a big point about it. I don't have to interrupt anybody or anything. I just kind of quietly let them know. So we're all on the same page. It just lets them know what I'm doing. It lets them know that, number one, I'm still listening to them if they're talking to me. I just have a job to do. Um, and that, you know, it, it, what they have to say is important and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, I still have to do what I have to do. And so it, it kind of, uh, you know, the, the idea is that it's just, it's really just a common courtesy to let people know what you're going to do next. Um, even if you feel like they already know what's coming, you know, I feel that I think it's important to not just assume that, you know, nobody likes to be sprung upon something people need notice for the most part, um. You know, it's, it's not necessarily going to harm them, but I just I consider it common courtesy. And I've found that, you know, it's it's uh, been well appreciated with with uh, a lot of patients that I do that for, even patients that I see regularly, like even weekly for years. You just make a point, you know, that, that hey, this is what we're going to do next. Because, um, you, you know, you never know what they're dealing with that day. And, you know, you just want to it's just a matter of common courtesy of just explaining how, how things are going to go. Um, and so, you know, on that same note, uh, you know, sometimes we do procedures. So, uh, you, know, you know, I think, for instance, in cardiology, you know, they, my understanding is they do EKGs relatively often, uh, relatively often, if not on every patient, um, you know, much more often, obviously, than, say, in primary care, at least in my experience. And so, you know, in, in primary care, we're, we're a little bit more, we don't do them as often. So when we do them, it's a little bit, uh, you know, I, I don't assume that they've had it done before. You know, in cardiology, they're coming there. You can sort of assume they know they're going to get an EKG. They've probably already had one. Uh, so it's, it's something expected, but I, you know, even, even with that, I, I, I think it's still very important to just explain to them, um, and particularly for an EKG, because sometimes they're having to expose themselves to some degree, uh, and, but in primary care, we don't even do them that often. And so I, you know, what I, what I will do for say an EKG is ask them, um, and really any procedure, uh, you know, an ear lavage or, or. I don't know, whatever I may be doing, even a diabetic foot exam, um, whatever I may be doing, I ask them, you know, have you had this done before? And they'll say yes, no, or maybe, or I think so. 
And if they say no, or I don't know, you know, I, I go a little bit into more detail and, and before I do anything and explain what's going to happen. If they say yes, you know, I've, I've had this done before, you know, sometimes they're mistaken and they think that what we're going to do is something else that they've had done. Uh, and sometimes they're, they're right and they know what's coming. But nonetheless, I still, you know, give a quick rundown like, hey, have you had any kids before? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I had one, you know, I had one every year for my for my I don't know job or whatever. Uh, and say, OK, well, all right. Well, just a quick reminder. We're going to put some sticky pads on the air. You know, um, we're going to do this. They're going to go here, here and here, hook some wires up to you, get 10 seconds of data and, and we'll go from there. And you know what? Maybe they already know what you're going to do. Maybe they already heard that. Uh, but it doesn't hurt anybody to explain it to them again. And 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 honestly, in my experience, uh, about half the time, the people are mistaken on as to what they think I'm doing and what they've had done. And they had something else done, whether it was like, a, uh, I don't know, a stress, uh, a stress echo or or some other cardiac test. Um, and so, you know, but I do it say for ear, ear lavages, you know, I, I do that as well and, and let them know, you know, because, you know, even with that, like, I don't, I know a lot of people use hydrogen peroxide. I don't use hydrogen peroxide almost ever. I haven't used it in 12 years. Uh, in my experience, I haven't needed it. I don't find it to be helpful. I don't find it to be a detriment either, but I don't find it to be helpful. And so uh, I don't see any particular reason for it. Uh, and but, you know, a lot of other people do. And it's a different experience. You know, when you're using that, it's sort of like the bubbling and whatnot. It's nothing, you know, crazy. It's not painful or anything with or without it, but it's just a different experience. So I just explained to them, you know, what I do and sort of roughly what my experience is with doing with these and, and what to expect. You know, if you're having any pain or dizziness, let me know, you know, so we can stop and, you know, what's normal, what's not normal and and just kind of go from there. And you know what? Maybe they've had the ear lavage every I don't know, every month for years, but you know what? It doesn't hurt to just explain it to them. And maybe you haven't given them that one before. You know, if you have, they're probably a little familiar and you can sort of just kind of skim over what's going to happen. But I mean, for the most part, you know, you want to don't assume, don't assume they know. And, you know, more information is never a bad thing. You know, it, 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 it can be uh, occasionally, you know, sometimes can be a traumatic experience and not give enough information, but giving too much information for the most part, with some exceptions, uh, is not really a bad thing, uh, as long as you're just being honest with them and upfront. And so that's, you know, for me, I find that uh, to be very important um, to explain, you know, everything that I'm doing for whether the, the little thing or whatnot. Um, on that same note, you know, uh, so communication here, being, communication being key, you know, uh, wait times. So, you know, obviously, you know, whether urgent care doesn't necessarily have appointments. I mean, to my knowledge, they might have some form of reservation option, but not really appointments. And so people come and, and they, you know, they, they're seen not necessarily sometimes by triage, but more or less as they come, um, you know, but in primary care and other specialties, they have, uh, you know, appointments. And so, you know, wait times, you know, um, happen. Okay, it's just life. Uh, anybody that that does this knows that's a fact. Uh, not necessarily every day, but it will happen. And so we have a schedule, and we obviously do our best to abide by the schedule. Uh, but you know, it doesn't always happen that way. Life happens, and maybe somebody shows up late, or maybe somebody's appointment runs longer because you know, for whatever reason, it became more complicated, or. Who knows? Who knows what the reasons are? And then somebody could end up having having a wait beyond their appointment time, uh, sometimes notably beyond their appointment time, 15, 30 minutes, an hour. And so the the most, you know, it's very important to, you know, to communicate. 
to communicate with these patients um, and and let them know. You know, I feel like uh, his. You know, it, from, I, I see I, what I see a lot is that sometimes the MAs or reception or whoever it may be uh, is sort of hesitant to be proactive and approach the patient and and you know whether they're in the waiting room or if they've been waiting in the room for some time and let them know, hey, you know, here's the situation. They're running behind. You know, it's probably it's probably going to be at least this long of a wait, you know, but in my, you know, from what I see that those those patients, you know, it, it, it you're doing them a favor by letting them know ahead of time. So let's say there's even a horrible an hour, an hour wait, you're running behind and out by an hour, you know, you put yourself in their position. Would you rather know ahead of time that it's going to be a potentially an hour wait? And you can decide what to do from there, or would you rather wait an hour and then find out that obviously it was an hour wait, and then you're kind of stuck. And so, you know, the idea is is to to you know it gives them a new reality, and the idea is to gives them the courtesy of letting them make their own decisions. And so, you know, what is anybody going to be happy about hearing that it's an hour wait? No, probably not, including myself. You know, I'm I'm not so much of a patient guy, but you know, I. If I know ahead of time, at least I can make that decision so I don't, you know, spend an hour of my time without knowing what's actually happening. Uh, it can be obviously very frustrating and you don't know what that patient's going through. They might have patients they have to, I mean, excuse me, kids they have to pick up or a meeting they have to get to or, or whatever it may be, you know, maybe get home to make dinner or whatever it is. And so, you know, if, you know, if you let them know ahead of time, I think sometimes the idea is the concern is, is that it's going to initiate a conversation that maybe will take some time or or might backfire. But I can assure you that that whatever conversation happens at that point when you let them know ahead of time will be shorter than the conversation that you have if you let an hour go by and wait for them to pop their head out and then you have to talk to them because then they're going to be upset. And so it's you know it's 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 important to do that. You know, does it take could it, you know, does it take a few minutes of your time? Possibly, yes, but ultimately you'll be saving time in the long run. And and honestly, it's just the right thing to do because, you know, people's time is valuable uh, and things happen. It's not our fault necessarily that we're running behind, but nonetheless, it's not their fault either. And so it's just it, the least you can do is give them the information about what's going to happen um, and, and, you know, let them go from there. And, uh, you know, for the most part, people are very understanding. I mean, I've, I've literally had patients uh, that have waited hours, uh, literally hours for the provider to show up for whatever reason. Maybe they were delayed or something. Uh, and I made a point of it, updating these patients, you know, on a regular basis, like every 10 minutes. Really, in my opinion, it should be about every 10 minutes or less. Uh, and, you know, and it, these, uh, you know, I've had times where these patients, you know, obviously, are they excited that they had to wait that long? No. But they were understanding and they either had the option to reschedule or they had the option to stay and they knew what they were getting into and they were very grateful for that information and you know as i would be too if i was in their position so you know it's it's communication is key here it's very important um and i think unfortunately i i feel personally that it's not necessarily done enough that you know it's like oh the you know, the assumption is, oh, the, the patient's waiting, the provider will be in there as soon as he can. I'm just going to do my own thing and then the provider will get in there. But put yourself in their position. You know, would you want an updated information about what's happening? You know, I would. I know I would. And most people do. 
uh, from my experience. And, you know, if they're waiting, maybe you can get them a cup of water, or maybe get them, I don't know if, if the clinic offers, you know, snacks or if they have, if it's going to be a long time, maybe they can go get a cup of coffee, whatever you have to do to accommodate them, because, you know, it might be inconvenient for you to do that, but it's very, you know, it's also inconvenient for the patient to have to wait so much longer after their appointment. And so it's just sort of like a little bit of give and take there. Uh, the idea is to, you know, we, you know, we'll, we'll give a little bit here and accommodate them and, and maybe flex a little bit, you know, and as an appreciation for their, for their um, patients, you know, and on that same note, you know, sometimes, a lot of times it can be helpful to either add or instead of saying, you know, I apologize for the delay uh, to say, thank you. Thank you for waiting. You know, it's a, it's a different approach. It's a different mindset. The idea is, is gratitude uh, instead of regret that somebody has been waiting. Um, and so it's just, you know, because it, it is what it is. And the idea is, to, you know, to stay, you know, to, you want to, you're grateful for what, for them being so patient because right? they don't have to be that way. And so that's, uh, it tends to be very helpful. Um, uh, onto the next note here, uh, something related is that patients that, you know, may be upset. So uh, whether it's phone calls or portal messages, you know, patients, patients get upset. Uh, and so that, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is, uh, whether they're, you know, angry about a mistake somebody made or whether they just don't feel good or some people are just in general grumpy. And you know what? That's that's life. That's that's how it is. Uh, that's what we do as medical assistants and, and medical professionals. In general, we deal with patients that that have all kinds of different personalities and moods. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the important thing is to, you know, a, approach it appropriately. And so. It can be difficult, very difficult. I have, believe me, I've dealt with my fair share of uh, very difficult patients. Um, I've had everything from basically threats to my life to somebody swearing at me to just somebody, you know, just being very needy. Um, and, you know, obviously if they're threats to your life or they're swearing at you or or anything like that, that that's a different thing. And that needs to be handled differently, you know, whatever your, your company policies are there for that. Um, you know, no, nobody at work should have their life threatened or be sworn at or harassed. So obviously that needs to be approached however, you know, appropriately, however the company would like you to do that. Um, but, you know, people people uh, get, you know, people get frustrated, they get upset. And so there's a couple of reasons, you know, maybe, uh, who knows, maybe, maybe there was a medication refill that wasn't done. Uh, and so maybe it was, uh, you know, I, I oftentimes will get calls from patients saying, oh, you know, my pharmacy's requested this medication multiple times and they haven't got a response. And, you know, it's it's very easy to sort of get a little defensive and say, hey, you know, I haven't received this. I have never received anything from them. You know, I, it's not my fault. But that is not helpful to anybody, right? Because that, that doesn't help the patient. The patient just wants their medicine. And you're almost insinuating that kind of that they're that they're not telling the truth which isn't going to do anything for building trust or or do anything for the patient and and you know what you know faxes if it's not an electronic erx faxes are done through through basically phone lines and so you know phone calls drop all the time and you never know why you never figure it out and so i just kind of lay this out for them and so what i what i what i try to tell patients is you know i absolutely believe that, that what you're that they've requested it. Unfortunately, I have, I don't know what has happened. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience, you know, and I, I apologize for the delay here. 
what can I do right now to, to address this problem and get it fixed? And so whether I have to send it as an urgent refill request or, or whatever, it, whatever it may be. And then on top of that, I will suggest and, you know, an alternate solution if in the future. So I say, you know, if you requested this from your pharmacy and, and they haven't heard back within, I don't know, maybe 48, 72 hours to uh, please call me here at the clinic or send a portal message and I will personally address it because, you know, I can't control a lot of times what happens through the pharmacy. Um, and sometimes mistakes happen uh, or for whatever reason, things don't go through. And you know that's not the patient's fault. It's not my fault. It's not the pharmacy's fault necessarily. But it you know you still want to give the patient an alternative solution to the issue, uh, because you know again it's not their fault. And so you, know, you accommodate what you can for them right there. You do what you got to do, uh, and then offer them some solution for the future, because that's what we're there for to help to help with the patient. You know sometimes um, sometimes you get you know patients that are just in general upset. Maybe somebody made a mistake or an error. Uh, on, on our part, whether it was yourself or another staff member or, or who knows. Uh, and this happens. Okay. And I got another, um, uh, you know, next episode, we're going to be talking about how this, you know, people are human and, and, and they make mistakes. It's just a fact of life. Okay. It doesn't say, doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means people make mistakes for whatever reason. Um, and so, you know, maybe somebody didn't give the service they should have, or didn't do this or didn't do that. And the patient's upset, you know, the, the most important thing, from, in my opinion, is to understand that even though it may not seem reasonable to you, uh, you know, it's obvious if the patient is upset, it's obviously important to them as to what happened and, and, the, and how it made them feel. And the very first thing you want to do is hear them out uh, and, and even ask questions to get a little more details. Um, be empathetic, compassionate. You, you know, you're not necessarily having to say right there, Hey, you know, I, obviously we made a mistake and, and here and here you, but you want to get the details, find out what happened. Um, and, and, and go from there, hear them out and let them vent. I mean, as long as they're not swearing at you or harassing you or calling you names or threatening you, you know, let them vent where everybody needs to vent sometimes. And patients are allowed to be upset patients are allowed to be frustrated and sometimes it's extremely justified as to why they are because i would probably be the same way in their position and even if it's not just let them vent you know let them vent they just want to hear it out i know it takes time i know it takes time out of your day you could have patients waiting get up procedures waiting but if you you know if you don't you're not going to help anything in that situation and what you will be doing though if you do do it is building trust with that patient because they know you're going to hear them out and they know you're going to listen to them and they know that you care about what they have to say okay at least to hear them out and so there's a lot of benefits to it and there's also you know they in my experience they completely outweigh the negatives of you know taking taking the time um, to do it and so in the long run it'll pay off and so uh, you know, in, in general, you know, patients, you know, they want to be heard. You know, the other thing too is, is if, if the mistake was on, on, on the end of the clinic, um, you know, I, 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 it's possible companies will have different policies for how to approach this. You know, I'm a big believer in, you know, first off, it's very important to never, you never want to blame the patient. Um, even if really it's their fault, you want to be very careful how you approach that because, by blaming the patient or even insinuating that you're blaming the patient, all you're going to do is drive them away and not trust you. And so they're just, they're just not, they're not going to, it's just going to make any future interactions uh, you know, at the very least uncomfortable um, at worst untruthful. And so 
you know, it's it, you're not going to give them any reason to, to to trust you and to to contact you again and, and to trust you that you'll do what you say. And so, you know, you 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 hear them out um, and and see what happens. You know, sometimes again, we all make mistakes, and so I'm a, personally I'm a big believer. You know, if I make a mistake, I will absolutely uh, you know admit to, to, to my error and, and I make no bones about it. You know, I, I, unfortunately I did this, it shouldn't have happened. I'm very sorry. Obviously it depends on the situation and what happened. Um, but not only it, so number one, admitting your mistake is, is very important, uh, as long as it abides within your company's policies of how to do so. Um, it's, it's very important to at least acknowledge, I guess I won't say admit, but at least to acknowledge any possible error on, on, on the part of the clinic or yourself. Um, if you can't acknowledge your mistakes, then you will never learn from them, ever, ever. And that doesn't do anybody any good. And it, in my opinion, people that can't acknowledge their mistakes and learn, it's almost like a hopeless that they will really get any better because um if you can't acknowledge your mistakes you'll never learn from them and you and you'll never be able to address them and get better and so humility plays a you know a large part there um and so to acknowledge you know what may or may not have happened and then not only acknowledge it but you know how you know have empathy compassion and then how what can we do to fix this now even if it means going out of your way to help them uh and then what what would be a possible alternative in the future if this you know situation were to arise again to help make sure that it doesn't happen? Uh, whether it's something you can do, whether it's something the patient can do, whether it's a policy and your know, process needs to be changed at work, whatever it may be, you know, to address that that issue um, to hopefully prevent that from happening again. Um, and sometimes it's just more about being more attentive, you know, going through your you know again next next week we'll be talking about the you know processes that we have and so you just make sure that you follow the steps that you have and not get too complacent um so that's you know very important uh and and you know like i said that's going to build trust you know anybody who can admit that or at least not get defensive when they possibly uh inadvertently did something they shouldn't have done um you know i have a lot of respect for that person because it takes a lot of humility to admit that you you might have erred and, and not only that but how can i prevent this in the future so uh you know it's it's very important and it goes a long ways to building trust and so you know it, it uh it's very valuable in doing so um and so the uh you know another thing here uh for communication uh it's kind of on a similar subject but phone calls so um you know patients patients call the front desk or the or the or the um the call center uh whatever it may be whoever's answering the phones and so you know the, the they get the phone and it is so often that i see that that front desk or call center or somebody will get the call and the patient has a question and maybe the response to the question is in the message and they they've explained this to the patient but the patient still wants to talk to the medical assistant or to somebody else and so you know it's not uncommon for me to see that the medical assistants uh, are hesitant to take the calls and they say, well, you know, the answer's right there, you know, just, just relay this information to them. And if they don't like it too bad. And you know what? I mean, it's very reasonable to say that, but that doesn't change the situation and that the front desk has other things they're supposed to be doing. And granted we do too as medical assistants, but it's, it's, it's like when we as MAs tell a patient something and they still want to hear from the provider. 
a lot of times a provider is going to go tell them the exact same thing, but because they hear from the provider, they're more willing to accept it, or at least aren't going to push for any further. And so it's, it's really the same thing when it comes to the front desk, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're medical assistants and a lot of patients, unfortunately, you know, they'll, they'll, they perceive us as, as nurses, which is, you know, not a bad thing, but it's not accurate. Um, and so they, they, uh, you know, they just want to hear from somebody else. And so I'm a big believer in, you know, if somebody, if the front desk comes to you and there's a phone call, take the call. I mean, if you, if you can, you should. And if you can't let them know, I will call the patient back. And I completely understand that it can be very time consuming. It can even be borderline, you know, frustrating or annoying to have to call them back to tell them something the front desk already told them. But it's not about that. It's about the customer service. It's about, you know, it's about helping the front desk so they're not spending their time on the phone with this patient where they're going to spend 15 minutes or 30 minutes and you might just need to spend five with the patient because they're going to they're going to hear you out you're going to have a better explanation you're going to be able to answer some of their questions and if not you can send that on to the provider you know and you go from there but really the you know the front desk they do what they can but at some point you know they we need to help them and take that call and as inconvenient as it may be if you're truly too busy then you let them know we'll call them back um, you know, it's just, it's, in my opinion, it's something that's very important to do that I, I unfortunately don't see happen often enough. Um, and I, you know, I, I try to do it myself and believe me, there are times when there's somebody calling and the last thing I want to do is take the call, but I, I do it because as much as I don't want to take the call and how frustrating it will be, it's going to be worse for the front desk to try to deal with it. And ultimately I'm probably going to end up having to put more work in. Um, and to be fair, you know, this, you know, this has, uh, this has helped me a lot in the sense that, you know, when, what I've noticed is that some patients that might seem to be, I don't know, needy or, or constantly, constantly calling or messaging about something, you know, what I've noticed with some of them is that if I take the call and listen to them and hear them out and talk to them and let them know that, Hey, if you call, I'll talk to you if I can, or if not, I'll call you back. I, I care about what you have to say. I'm here to listen to you. That shockingly, the amount of follow-up messages and calls that you get that I've seen drop significantly, significantly. And in my opinion, it's because that, you know, the patient knows that when, if they call the first time that you will follow up with them and you will do what you can the first time and that they don't have to call repeatedly. And so I, I know it's hard to believe, but in, in my experience, it, it saves so much time and the level of customer service you're giving is, is spectacular. You know, the level of care you're giving and ultimately it's just, it's just the right way to go. And, and it helps everybody, um, and even though it may be frustrating sometimes. So in my opinion, uh, you know, that's that's the way to go. And so uh, I'm going about 30 minutes here. I'm a little late on my, my time, um, but I appreciate everybody hearing me out. Uh, I, you know, again, communication is key. Um, you know, communication is a big part of what we do. Hopefully, if, if you're not so great at it that your company, um, you know, if it's, it can be difficult to deal with frustrating patients.